Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have released running back Kareem Hunt. You probably saw the story today, uh, TMZ posting that video of uh, him involved in a, in a pretty uh, nasty altercation with a woman uh, in a hotel. He's uh, quite aggressive in that, shoving and uh, kicking the woman. And the Kansas City Chiefs have decided to release Kareem Hunt, who uh, last year was uh, top running back in terms of rushing yards in the National Football League and on a powerhouse Chiefs team this year. Here's a statement that the Chiefs have put out. Earlier this year, we were made aware of an incident involving running back Kareem Hunt. At that time, the NFL and law enforcement initiated investigations into the issue. As part of our internal discussions with Kareem, several members of our management team spoke directly to him. Kareem was not truthful in those discussions. The video released today confirms that fact. We are releasing Kareem immediately. So uh, there you go. The Chiefs not messing around. They basically throw him off the team for being involved in this altercation. Nick in the truck texting in. He says, uh, hey, Reed, let your listeners know. Highway 44 between Atchison and Westlock. Very foggy patches. Nick, thank you very much for that. Bam says, Queens of the Stone Age headlined here in Edmonton about six months ago. They were great. Good stuff. Colton in Lac La Biche says, Hey, Reed, I think the Oilers should have invited Rob Brown to a PTO. He did add ha-ha to that comment. Hey, Rob would try out. Why not? Uh, this texter says, The Oilers still need a face-off man. Haven't had one in years. Do you have thoughts on Hitch influencing any potential trade deals to bring certain personnel in? Uh, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, Brodziak's uh, above 50%. Dreisaitl's above 50%. As good as Nugent Hopkins is playing this year, and I think he's playing really well, he's still not a good face-off man, nor is McDavid. I mean, they did bring in Brodziak. He's, he's pretty good in the face-offs. And Nathan says, Note to oil country, looking at the big picture has less value than looking at the small picture and enjoying the small moments. We're competing right now, and it's a joy. Look forward to tomorrow, not next year. That is some advice from 
Nathan texting in to 630-630. Really appreciate all that. Kings and Flames just underway, no score. Hurricanes lead the Ducks 1-0 late in the second period. Capitals lead the Devils 3-1 in the third. And the third period just started in Sunrise, Florida. Sabres up 2-1 on the Panthers. Buffalo had their 10-game winning streak snapped last night by Tampa Bay. Right back at it tonight against Florida. Kellen, I was talking about the, the Pacific Division not being that good. Mm-hmm. The top three teams in the NHL are Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Buffalo. They're all in the same division. Yeah, the, yeah gotcha. Atlantic. Atlantic. Nashville and Colorado are fourth and fifth overall. They're in the central. Calgary Flames lead the Pacific Division. They're tenth overall. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like, look... I know, I know I'm probably being a bit of a broken record here, and I know sometimes when I say, well, I think the, uh, you know, I, I, I say it that the Oilers can compete for a playoff spot, and a lot of people, well, the, the roster, this, this. Yeah, I, I recognize all the weaknesses in the roster, and quite frankly, if they were in another division, I'd be saying, like, yeah, this is this is a long shot. Quite frankly, it's it's not a long shot in the Pacific Division. It is there if they keep... You know, banking some points and and staying in the race. It's 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 there. San Jose's good. Calgary's good. Vegas looks good. Anaheim, I'm I'm not sure about, and I do think the Oilers are are better than Vancouver and Arizona, and they still have four games each left against those two teams, so they got to get the majority of the points in those games. But that that's why. Yeah. That's I I don't feel I'm I'm contradicting myself by recognizing the, the glaring weaknesses in the Oilers' rosters and being optimistic about a playoff spot, and it's because of the division the Oilers play in. Flames so just scored, go. by the way, one nothing. Oh, backwards. thank you very much. Oh, I'm yep, going to change go. that game. Got some basketball game. Philadelphia's destroying Washington. By the way, speaking of a team that went through a rebuild, no, they weren't as bad as, as long as the Oilers were bad. Philadelphia right. 76ers were pretty lousy. No, they're good this year, finally. It's 7-10. Uh, I spoke to this gentleman this afternoon because he's currently calling a hockey game. He's the play-by-play voice of the London Knights featuring Oilers prospect Evan Bouchard, Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio 980 in London. Mike, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Hey, fantastic. Great to be here, Reed. You know, uh, you've been doing London Knights games for, for quite a while, and they've they've been a pretty good team during that entire run. So you can take most of the credit, right? <laughs> I take zero credit. I am a passenger on a really exciting ride. I mean, how have they done it? I, I, I mean, the Hunters get, get a lot of credit, but in junior hockey, there's... They're supposed to be up and down in the cycle, right? The the Knights haven't had a lot of down. No, they really haven't. And you know what? The blueprint comes down to hard work. If you want the blueprint, you ask. They're nice guys. They will give you exactly how it's done. Good luck following it. Good luck being here and finding little things on video or good luck being in those rinks that are in the coldest stretches of Canada and the U.S. to go and look at a player. They really work at it, and it has become a real feature organization of junior hockey. And you know what? They do reap the benefits, but you've got Mark Hunter and his scouting staff that go out and find the players. You've got Dale Hunter and his coaching staff that develop the players. A lot of teams can do one of the two. If you can do both of them, you're going to give yourself a good shot to win. 
Well, and I mean, it just must be. I, I love. I, I I had the general manager of the PA Raiders on the show a couple of days ago because they're twenty five and one after beating the Oil Kings the other night, and you can probably speak to this in in London too, which which obviously would be a bigger city than 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 PA. Um, but the nights in in that city in that community, I mean, it's got to be pretty special. There's got to be a pretty huge connection between between the fans and the team, even though the players you know often change every two or three. years. Years, uh, tell me what the nights are like in the in the fabric of the city there. Well, I think you go back to when they built a downtown arena. And how many cities can talk about this, Reed? Where you put an arena in the right spot, and amazing things happen. And when they built the downtown arena, Mark and Dale Hunter had just bought the team. They'd owned it for about a year and a half. And they really projected, as the new arena opened, to have a competitive team, to really build toward that. And because of that, you kind of brought in new fans. And it's become the thing to do. The Knights are one of the older teams in the Ontario Hockey League. So they have a lot of home games on Friday nights because those older teams kind of get first pick. And so Friday night is a home night, and it becomes a night that everybody comes downtown. There's restaurants all around the rink, and they make a night of it. And that's been a huge help in the community. Plus, the players are very active in the community, and they kind of become like royalty. This is the big team in this town. And when they walk the streets, they get recognized. And so it's a really unique experience. But at the same time, it helps you for players who are going to the next level because you do have a large media contingent to deal with. You do have that fan factor. So it really is uh, a kind of a training ground for what happens at the next level. And the way the Knights run the organization, they get players ready for that next level. Mike Stubbs joining us on Inside Sports play-by-play voice for the London Knights on uh, Global News Radio 980 in London. All right, so we got a big uh, Edmonton story, obviously, with London, and that is Evan Bouchard. Uh, I believe they're nine and zero since he uh, went back to the team after playing seven games for the Oilers, twelve points in nine games. I-, I don't think the output is going to surprise anybody, given what we saw here in the NHL and what he did uh, last year playing in the OHL. But just tell me how Evan has uh, come back to the team. I mean, sometimes there's a, a little bit of disappointment. I think that's natural when an NHL team tells you, okay, we'll, we'll see you next year. Uh, how has Evan uh, worked his way back into the locker room? Evan's a guy who takes everything in stride. And he came back, the C was back on his sweater, and he just has this ability on and off the ice to settle down situations. You're just standing beside him. If you're having one of those days where you feel all agitated and uptight, go stand beside Evan Bouchard for a couple of minutes. And whatever it is will just rub off on you, and all of a sudden, you just feel better. Here's a great example, Reed. In a game, in junior hockey, mistakes are made. And there was a turnover in behind the net, and the puck kind of bounced out front. And Evan Bouchard was standing there, but there were a couple of guys in different colored sweaters standing with him, and the puck hits off his skate. So picture being a defenseman, this bouncing puck comes out front, it hits you in the foot, and there's two opposing players there to try and jam it into your net. He was unfazed, kind of kicked the puck to his stick, made a little head fake, and skated it out of his zone. And that's the kind of stuff that he can do. He can get you out of trouble. 
and he's someone that the guys really gravitate to. And offensively, he's someone who is going to be able to jump into the rush and he's going to be able to make plays on the power play. You can put him in any situation. So having him in junior hockey, you said it, 9-0 and since he returned, it just stabilizes things. You just look behind you and you know, yeah, you know what? Evan Bouchard's there and he'll control the pace and he knows what to do. And again, that agitated factor disappears. The selection camp roster for the World Junior Tournament for Team Canada is going to be announced Monday. I don't think I need to ask you if Bouchard's going to be on that list. Uh, but how many nights uh, might wind up playing in the World Juniors? Could they, could they be uh, down a few players when it comes to tournament time? They should be. Alex Formanton won gold last year. He's a draft pick of the Ottawa Senators, who also started the year in the National Hockey League. So... No doubt he'll be one of the returning players. Liam Foody has been involved in the Canada-Russia series, and he was also at the Summer Showcase in Kamloops. So I think he may be somebody who gets that look. Jordan Coy, Knights goaltender, was added to the Canada-Russia series. So we'll see whether he merits consideration at a selection camp. So the Knights would be down those players. And then they also have Adam Boquist, who is a draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. He was taken eighth overall in June, and he is very likely headed to play for Sweden. So, sure, the Knights do have a few guys and some key guys ready to head and play at the World Juniors, but the depth at the beginning of the year carried them to a decent start. It's been a whole other world since those guys returned, but they'll have guys who will be able to step in and, uh, and hold the fort. All right. Well, uh, the heck of a team to watch. Uh, you've had a front row seat for a long time, obviously, and I'm glad to hear Bouchard's doing great. Not surprised, but uh, uh, I think he'll, he'll we'll probably be talking about him being an Oilers at this time next year, but helping the London Knights this year. Hey, Mike, thanks for checking in on the show. We should do this again, man, and have a great call tonight. Hey, thanks so much, and I'd love to do it again. You guys in Edmonton have a great guy coming on and off the ice. You'll enjoy him. All right, so that was Mike Stubbs. Talk to him this afternoon because he's currently calling the game between London and Erie, and the Knights lead the Otters 5-1 late in the second period. Evan Bouchard has two assists in that game. He continues to add to his total. Oil Kings underway against Moose Jaw Rogers Place. No score seven minutes in. The Golden Bears in Saskatchewan. Huskies lead it 3-1 halfway through the second period. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. You know, the CFL put out its uh, list of free agents today, pending free agents for February, and of course, Mike Riley is on that list. 35 free agents for the green and gold. There are actually more players than that on the list, but they've listed uh, about a half dozen retired players, but Mike Riley, obviously the big name. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 722. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Want to visit here with Steph Thompson. She's the head coach of the Nate Ooks women's team. Steph, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for making time for me tonight. Um, you're you're going outside. You're playing an outdoor game. What can you tell me about this? Oh, man, it's uh, we sure are. Um, so it's uh, a first for female college hockey in Alberta, so, which is pretty exciting. And so uh, the McEwen University at Griffins and Nate has the honor of uh, being able to jump out on the ice tomorrow. So um, game starts at 2. Um, I know the girls are super excited to get out there, though. And this is in Fallen? Yes, correct. Yes. 
Okay, and what? Uh, and you're also playing for a cause. Who are you helping out here? Yeah, so uh, the game itself is being hosted by the uh, Pigeon Lake Athletic Cultural Education Society, so PLACE for short. Um, so all the proceeds are going to them, uh, which is an awesome cause. Um, and again, super excited. Now, is the, is, does this one count in the standings, or is it an exhibition game? It is a league game, so nice. it's uh, incredibly important for both teams. So, uh, Ooks are ten two and one. The Griffins are ten and three. So, uh, two top teams here in the ACAC women's standings. W- when did the ball get get rolling for this? I mean, did the teams initiate it? Did somebody from uh, Fallen or Pigeon Lake reach out? Tell me about how this got going. Uh, to be one hundred percent honest, um, I just started with Nate in in late August. So it was the previous coach that did a lot of the legwork, but. I believe that it was Neil Brown who's uh, essentially kind of leading this entire event. He's the one that had, you know, approached uh, Nate and McEwen regarding, you know, kind of getting this started. So a lot of those details started way, way before I was even thinking about Nate. So, uh, and a lot of work was kind of put in um, all last year. Okay, cool. Steph, I mean, look, everybody knows about the, the the growth of women's hockey in the last couple of decades. That's not the story. But I, I think a story is now the competition for post-secondary institutions to to find players, to recruit players. I know I talked to Howie Draper, you know, throughout the season, and, and you know, the, the players can go to the NCAA. Obviously, you're up against uh, U-sports schools and other ACA schools to, to find talent. How how do you address that challenge? How how do you draw players to Nate in such a competitive environment now for women's hockey? Uh, well, you know, this is a, it's definitely kind of a, a new chapter for me and kind of a, a different element in regards to recruiting, which is exciting. But um, being a new coach, Nate, you know, the first thing that I noticed that, you know, Nate as a school is incredibly unique. Um, and the college hockey that we have in Alberta you know, it is really good hockey, and a lot of people just don't know about it. Um, so a big piece for me, um, being the head coach at Nate, is like we're getting out there um, and making sure that, uh, you know, people recognize the, the programs that, that Nate offers. They're incredibly unique and allow, you know, there's two-year programs, one-year programs. We have a lot of girls that end up staying for four or five years that they can piece together different diplomas and uh, really come away with an incredible academic experience, but also hopefully a, a really good hockey experience as well. Okay, right on. And is this your final game before a bit of a break tomorrow? Yes, it is. It's the last one. Okay. Well, Steph, I, I hope it's an awesome experience. So it's at the Fallen Outdoor Rink, Fallen, Alberta. Proceeds go to the Pigeon Lake Athletic Cultural Education Society. Uh, I guess there's uh, festivities following the game as well, but this is going to be the highlight. Two o'clock tomorrow. So cool. You're making history playing outdoors. Hope it goes well, and let's talk again later in the season. All right. Thanks so much. That is Steph Thompson checking in on the show, head coach of the uh, Nate Ooks women's hockey team. They're 10 2 and 1, playing McEwen 10 and 3 outside tomorrow. Very cool. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down home Southern comfort food to Edmonton along with other tasty treats. You can salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. You can text 63630. Mike from Sherwood Park says the Oilers actually remind me of teams in the Pacific Division. Six to seven years ago, big, strong, and defensive-minded. I love what Hitchcock said. When you don't have the puck, you do what I want. When we have possession, you can be creative. That's a text coming in from Mike in Sherwood Park. All right, we're still going to meet...
this week's 630 Chet MVP and a little more from Hitch. Oh, and we're also going to give away the uh, Oil Kings tickets when we get back to. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's Clefbaum from McDavid. Moving it, Nugent Hopkins. Clefbaum, one-timer, score! Right through the five-hole, 3-2 Edmonton, 2.20 to play. The Nuge with an assist on that game winner last night from Oscar Clefbaum on the power play. Oilers beating the Los Angeles Kings 3-2. They're 3-1-1 under Ken Hitchcock. Back at it tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chet. The game will start at 8. The Edmonton Oil Kings currently in action against Moose Jaw. And it is a 1-0 lead for the Oil Kings with four minutes left in the first period. Next Saturday, the Oil Kings will host Kamloops. It's the 6.30 Chad Santa's Anonymous Teddy Bear Toss game. We're giving away a four-pack of tickets, 780-496-0063. We're going to do it this way, Kellen. You'll have to answer a trivia question live on the air. I would think if you know anything about the Edmonton Oil Kings this year, this year's edition of the team, this question won't be that hard. Gotcha. So don't be intimidated. Uh, 780. Now, I guess a lot of Oil Kings fans might be at the game tonight, uh, but we'll give it a try. 780-496-0063. NHL tonight. 2-2 Sabres and Panthers late in the third. Also late in the third. 4-2 Capitals up on the Devils. Tom Wilson, match penalty in that game for a hit to the head. I imagine he's going to get in more trouble. Early third, Hurricanes lead the Ducks 1-0. First period, Blues up 1-0 on the Avalanche, and the Flames up 1-0 on the Kings. Backland, his fourth of the season, came 36 seconds into the game. U of A, Golden Bears hockey, late second period in Saskatoon. Trailing the Huskies 3-1, Saskatchewan 13-1 on the season, Alberta 11-3. Once again, both teams powerhouses. Victor says, good evening, Reed. Love the feeling surrounding the Oilers ever since Hitch was hired. They seem energized and ready to compete every night. I would like to throw a big thank you out to Todd McClellan for his time here. Amazing person, exceptional coach. Greatly appreciate the hard work and time he contributed to our team. That is a text from Victor to 630-630. All right. Well, we we have one caller. (laughs) You haven't even said the question yet. Yes, we don't have 14 people listening tonight. Uh, That's okay. Uh, is this Farrell? Yes, it is. Did I say your name correctly? Uh, it's Farrell, but close enough. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple guesses at this one since you're the only person call- who called. Now, have you ever been to a teddy bear toss game? Uh, no, I never. Uh, Kind of neat experience to go to, I guess. It it is it is pretty fun. You see all the uh, all the teddy bears raining down from the crowd. Now, do you think you have a decent knowledge of this year's Oil Kings team, or, or are you just taking a stab at it here? Uh, I'm kind of taking a stab at it. I'm a crazy Oilers fan, but you know I don't know a whole lot about the Oil Kings. You might know this one. Who is the Oil Kings' leading scorer so far this season? Isn't it Trey Swinchelansky or however you pronounce that? Cl- uh, close enough. I'm going to give it to you. 
since somebody else just called in. But clearly, how, how do, here's my second question for you. How does it feel to be the only person listening to Inside Sports tonight? Uh, I guess <laughs> yeah. it sure feels like I'm the only one on the road. <laughs> Trey Fix Wolanski has 55 points in 28 games. He's having a heck of the year. Hey, thanks a lot for calling in. Thanks for listening. Stay on the line, and Kellen's going to take down your information, okay? No problem. Thanks, Reed. Awesome stuff. Uh, Trey Fix Wolanski, uh, man, and he has an assist tonight, so he's actually up to 56 points in uh, 29 games. All right. <laughs> Ah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text uh, six thirty six thirty. Oilers and Vegas tomorrow. Gerard Gallant, incredible season coaching Vegas last year. Some thoughts from Hitch. Gerard is a guy that uh, he, he's really interesting. He has a different approach than a lot of coaches do, and I really, I really appreciate his candor and his attitude toward the way he does it, but. His his team plays free, and and they go. And they weren't going at the start of the year. They would look like a little bit of the the typical. I know having experienced it twice, it's very difficult. Never mind to get the Stanley Cup team going. You at least got some energy based on last year. But to pull it out from the woods when you haven't won and you lost, it's very difficult. And. And he had, a, he had a tough goal at the start of the year, but he's got him rolling again. So I think his ability to get his team to play free mentally is his greatest attribute. He's he's very good coach that way. All right, a little bit there from Ken Hitchcock on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights coach Gerard Gallant, who's considered one of the best in the business, especially after Vegas had all that success last season. Uh, well, somebody texted it and say uh, they already have tickets to the teddy bear toss game. Well, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The if somebody texted it here. What happened to Ty Ratty? Ty Ratty's on the team. Uh, he is still an Oiler. He's been scratched by Hitch the last couple of games. When he has played under Hitch, he hasn't played a lot. You have to remember that there's some history here with uh, Hitch and Ratty in St. Louis when Hitch wasn't really, uh, overly fond of Ratty and didn't use him very much. Uh, Hitchcock was asked about Ratty yesterday and, and said that he's a, he's a different player than he was in St. Louis, uh, that he's on the right side of the puck more, that you know he's, uh, he's learned a lot playing in the NHL, doesn't rely on some of the things he could get away with in junior, and I know what you're thinking. Well, why didn't he play him ahead of Patrick Russell then? Fair question. So we'll see if it'll still work out for Ratty under Hitchcock. The Oilers today claimed Valentin Zikoff off waivers from the Carolina Hurricanes. Not sure if he's going to be in town to play tomorrow, but they did send Patrick Russell to the minors. So maybe Ratty gets a shot. I wouldn't mind seeing him somewhere in the lineup. But right now you have Chase on, on the top line with McDavid and, and uh, Dreisaitl. You had Nugent Hopkins between Puglia-Yarvi and Kajula last night because Puglia-Yarvi scored, and Kajula's actually been playing kind of a feisty little game. I doubt they're going to be broken up, and Hitch doesn't want to break up the brodziak lucic cassian line, which, though it's the Oilers' third line, is kind of really more of a fourth line in how they play. So could you have uh, Raddy, Kara, and Spooner tomorrow, and then uh, McDavid or Nugent Hopkins could cycle through there for the odd double shift, perhaps with Raddy and Kara, or, or whichever two guys they want to have. But Raddy is still around. Uh, he was uh, deep in Hitch's doghouse when they were in St. Louis. D- you know, 
Hitch says he likes some more, but he has, has he given him a chance? No, he hasn't. So we'll have to see how that goes as we go along. Ask Ken Hitchcock today about the third-pairing defense. We've seen Gravel, we've seen Benning, we've seen Garrison, we saw Chris Weidman for one game. The guy that plays the most air-free, which to me, that's Gravel right now. Um, that's what you want. You want a guy to keep the puck in front of him, defend well, uh, but play an air-free game, and that's what you want from your third pair. You know, we're pretty much defined in the top four, and the top four are playing awful well right now. But we, we need air free from that third pair. So to me, Gravy's really stepped up. And uh, every time we try to experiment, we put somebody in there. Uh, there seems to be a little bit of a drop off. So that's just competition within the team. But that's what you want is the puck's got to stay in front of you. You don't want to make big air. Well, I think Gravel's been pretty safe. Weidman didn't have a great game against Los Angeles. Garrison, I think, is more of a guy they will spot in. Uh, Benning's had, had an up-and-down season, but I still think Benning can be on the Oilers as a depth defenseman. But Gravel's actually been pretty solid. Andre Sekera uh, continues to skate, not fully involved in practices. That's uh, still a couple of weeks away. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 780 780- Pardon me, call 7804-FAMILY or check them out online, FurnaceFamily.com. And yeah, if you missed it earlier, some big news from the NFL tonight. Kareem Hunt, running back, has been released by the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, one of the best offensive players in the league for the last two years, but they've uh, released him after video surfaced showing him shoving and kicking a woman in a Cleveland hotel hallway last February. Video was acquired and published by TMZ. So Kareem Hunt released, outright released, by the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Uh, This texture says maybe because Hitch already knows Raddy and uh, also knows he's changed as a player, but he just wanted to see how Russell played. Well, maybe. Uh, this text, well, this is a pleasant text. My daughter asked me, when will the Oilers be good, Daddy? And I told her they needed to fire the coach and trade Talbot. Two days later, the coach was canned. Now they, now they just need to trade dumb, dumb Talbot. Well, that's just cruel. That's a that's a great example for your daughter, whoever texted that in. They're, the Oilers are going to need Cam Talbot. And if you think he's that bad, then how do you possibly think he's trade bait? Uh, I mean, if they're going to if they're going to eventually trade Cam Talbot or Miko Koskinen for that matter, they're both unrestricted free agents after the season. So maybe you re-sign one and try to trade the other one, depending on how the season is going. They're they're going to need both goaltenders to play well. As the, as the season goes along, for sure. It is 7.44. We will meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. All right, uh, Dave from Lacombe County texting in. He goes, have you noticed how many times a team or player comes to town sporting a drought of some kind only to have it come to an end against the Oilers? Just an observation. Yes, Dave, I've noticed that. Thank you. I've noticed what a bad team the Oilers have been for so long. And, and other bad teams would have good games against them. I have noticed that. Maybe the reverse happens tomorrow because Vegas has won seven in a row. And that started in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago. 
So maybe uh, maybe the Oilers uh, end a winning streak tomorrow as opposed to helping a team get off the schneid, as Jack Michaels would say. By the way, Jack was on the afternoon news, Kellen, talking about earthquakes in Alaska. Yeah. Because he experienced a couple of big ones himself. Yeah, that was... Did you see the pictures of that? Yeah, I've seen today? some of the pictures and videos. It's pretty crazy. Insane. That was crazy. Yeah, that's scary stuff for sure. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. It is time to meet... This week's 6.30 Chet MVP, you may have seen him featured on Global Television on Tuesday. It's presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. He gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy of Elite. And I'm pleased to welcome from the Harry Anley football team, Sony Bermudez-Chavez. Sony, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for making time for us tonight. Congratulations on being this week's MVP. You guys are coming off that crazy provincial final where you lost the game 3-2. Tell me a little bit about the the weather conditions in that game and what it was like playing in them. Okay, so our team is mostly a passing team, right? So, like, the weather was was really cold. It was snowing a lot, so we couldn't pass the ball as much as we wanted to or we would like to. So it was more of a running game. And then... We couldn't produce on offense, so it turned into a defensive battle. And then, luckily, luckily they got a, a, a kickoff, a, I mean a field goal, sorry, scoring three points, and then we got a safety two points, and after that, nobody scored. Was that the worst weather you ever played in, Sony? No. No? It was, okay, what was the worst? The worst weather is we played south. The weather was so cold, it wasn't like... Minus 13, snowing hard, hard. Okay. All right. So overall, though, how do you feel about the season? It was great. Uh, we went undefeated until up until that point, but uh, it was a great season. My staff were looking nice. So that's all and you play both offense and defense full-time? Yes, sir. So you never leave the field? Rarely. Sometimes I do. Okay. What positions do you play? I play wide receiver. Sometimes slot back on offense, and then on defense I play half back, defensive back. Okay, how how long have you been playing football, Sony? For eight years. I started when I was eight years old. Okay, who got you into it? My mother. Actually, my mom's a work friend told me told her that I should join football, and I tried it out. At first, I didn't really like it, but then after, yeah, I started to like it, and then just continued from there. How come you didn't like it at first? Because I used to be, a, I was a really small kid, and I just got bullied around. All right. Well, very physical sports. So did you did you get by? Did you get bigger, or did you get by in your speed? My speed mostly. Okay. And what what grade are you in, Sony? I'm in grade eleven. Okay. So you're coming back to play uh, one more near next year, uh, obviously. Do you play any yeah. other sports? I play rugby. Oh, okay. Well, rugby. <laughs> that's a that's a sport where you get bullied and pushed around a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but I play I play wing, position wing, and it's just I get the ball and run as fast as I can. Okay, so are, are does sports slow down for you a little bit now that football's over? Yeah, for sure. Okay, all right, Sony, you got you got a very unique name. Where did the name Sony come from? It was my dad's nickname. It was your dad's nickname, and so then your parents gave it to you as your actual name. Yeah. Did you grow up in Edmonton? I was born in Lethbridge, but I moved to Edmonton at like a young age, really young, age, like two or one. Who were some athletes or people that you look up to, Sony? As I was growing up. Yeah, or now. I really look up to. Hmm, that's a good question. I look up to 
For football, I'd probably look up to Odell. You know Odell? Uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. I well, I don't know him personally. Yes, but I know who he is. <laughs> yeah. If you know he's him personally, a... call him. We'll get him on the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like a smaller receiver too, like me. So he's fast and he just has good hands. Cool. All right. Well, Sony, uh, what can you say about your coach, Brock Ralph? He's a great coach. Wonderful coach. He he works hard every day. We have multiple meetings. He he's up late, up early. Help us. It's great. All right. Well, Sony, congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. You know, I know you wanted to get that one more win at the end, but congratulations on a great season nonetheless. Thank you. That is Sony Bermudez Chavez from Harry Ainley checking in. Don't forget, you can nominate a 630Ched MVP by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com. Great to have Sony on the show. We've talked to some uh, really cool athletes uh, of all ages over the past few weeks through our MVP feature. Okay. Quickly updating here, Oil Kings now end of the first period against Moose Jaw. They lead it 1-0. The Golden Bears trailing 3-1 at Saskatchewan. That is after two in the NHL. After the first, Flames up 1-0 on the Kings. Blues up 2-0 on the Avalanche. In the third, the Hurricanes lead the Ducks 1-0. Capitals have beaten the Devils 6-3. But uh, Backstrom with a hat trick, a storyline there. Tom Wilson Match penalty for a hit to the head, so it could be another huge suspension coming for him. The Panthers beat the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. Barkoff got the winner. One of the things being talked about a bit today, too, is CFL free agency. The list of all the pending free agents came out today. The biggest name on there, Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. I just want to get back to something he told Morley a couple of weeks ago. Morley said, you know, does your legacy in Edmonton matter when you consider possibly changing teams? Well, I think any player hopes to be in a scenario where they could could try to have a legacy that they can look back on and be proud of, um, you know. And I'm no different than that, of course. I take a lot of pride in in what we accomplish here in Edmonton, and I also have a very good understanding of the history of this team and the players that have come before me. And I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of those names that you just said, um, you know, Tom Wilkinson and Warren Moon. I've I've had the opportunity to meet on a number of occasions. Um, and and Ricky's a guy that I would consider a friend. I've spent a lot of time over the last five or six years during off-season appearances, kind of getting to know him. Uh, and he's a great guy. And those are people that I look up to. And those are people that, you know, you'd be honored to have your name um, even mentioned in, in the same breath as any of those guys. Um, but yeah, you know about the history. When you become a quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos, you know the history that that is this franchise has when it comes to quarterback play. And uh, you, you always strive to put your name, you know, into those categories. Um, and so that's important, but that's not the be all end all to me is I've, I tell Dave all the time, you know, the stats I don't much care about because there's way too many different variables that go into those stats. The one thing that, you know, isn't a stat is the ring on your finger. And, and we've got one here in Edmonton during my time, um, you know, but, but one's not enough for me to, to feel happy. Uh, you know, if I could finish my career with three or four or five, that would mean more to me than any record book you could ever have. And I think that, uh, you know, Ricky is a guy that I look at and go, man, he, he won four, uh, to this point in his career. And that is incredibly impressive. And I think all of us are trying to chase that. Um, but it, again, the Edmonton Eskimo franchise is a storied one and uh, one that if you're lucky enough to be, 
mentioned in the top there, then uh, then you were put in a good scenario with a lot of good players, but it's something that you would take a lot of pride in too. All right, a little bit there from Mike Riley, his pending free agency, huge story in the CFL this offseason. On Thursday, I want to plant the seed now. On Thursday, December 6th, we're going to give you a chance to get an autographed Mike Riley jersey right here on 630 Ched as part of a package for 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Here's everything we're going to be auctioning off from 6 to 7 on Inside Sports. The autographed Riley jersey, a pair of Eskimos season tickets for 2019, and an opportunity to visit the Eskimos broadcast booth with David Morley during a game. Four tickets to the Oilers and Sharks on December 29th at 2 p.m. A hockey puck signed by Leon Dreisaitl. A hockey puck signed by Ryan Smith. One person, one bidder is going to get all of that on Thursday on Inside Sports. Wow. So remember that for the 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous auction. Great stuff. Hey, fun show tonight, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate everybody who called and texted. 6.30, I'll join you tomorrow from Studio 99 in Rogers Place for the Face-Off Show. Play-by-play for the Oilers and Golden Knights will start at 8. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. Our studio operator is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a pleasant evening. Tomorrow I want to Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.